field. But I just thought that if I could get to football my senior year, right, it would dig me out of it. And that's not a healthy place to be. You know, football isn't, it's not something you can count on for life. Like that's not how it works, right? My identity was there and I knew that if I could get there, it would be good, but I didn't get there. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another former player feature by Jackrabbit Illustrated. Today, Kyle speaks with 2018 Jackrabbit, Brandon Snyder. Well, it's pretty funny that way. And you think you know something and then it, the, the, it all flips, man. So it's... We're only six and a half minutes in and I got a back in the day story. Absolutely, man. You know, but it, it was also one of those things too where I just knew like I was trying to get to football and that was, again, a bad place to be in life. That's not how life works. It's about how you treat people. The former Hawkeye had 58 tackles and two interceptions on his way to a semifinal loss in 2018. Without further ado, here's Kyle. This is the Splitting Hairs podcast presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. I'm Kyle Sheehan, and we're doing a former player feature today, and we got Brandon Snyder joining us. Brandon, how's it going? I'm good, man. What's up? Yeah, man. We're just uh, we're happy to have you. Um, it's kind of interesting to uh, to talk to another transfer. Uh, who ended up in blue and yellow and wanted to bring you on, man, and and get to know a little bit more about you, share your story with, you know, all the Jackrabbit faithful, but kind of get a peek behind the curtain, man. And and what are you up to now? Where are you at since since graduating? Yeah, man. So I graduated uh, after SDSU. I ended up getting hurt the last game. So I was going to pursue football. Ended up being like, what am I supposed to do? Something we can get into later. But um, ended up going back to Iowa, got my degree, finished my degree in exercise science. Um, with the idea of, you know, either going into exercise science, like a performance coach, strength conditioning or football. And so um, just with how life was going um, after my time at Iowa, I just kind of wanted some quiet. And so I reached out. My brother was a senior at Northwestern College in our city. So I reached out to them. was like, hey, would you guys have a position for me? Like, what would that look like? I ended up coaching both the performance and football, which was awesome because I didn't know which path I wanted to go to. Um, and I also got to just go into it was, it's in Orange City, Iowa, right? There's not much happening. Right? So it was a good chance for me just to reconnect with my family. Um, you know, then COVID happened that, that March of, of my one year at Northwestern, which was crazy. Um, I was still training. Um, and again, we can get into the details there, too. But um, that fell through, didn't go well. I got sick before the pro day and ended up like was going to do it at SDSU, actually. Ended up having to work with Stanford on it, which was pretty wild to try to schedule your own haphazardly. Um, the arena Sioux city had reached out to me before that about four weeks, which ended up being like the biggest blessing ever. Um, so they offered me a, a position as director of performance there. So basically coming on staff, it's a new business, a five court multi-sport facility in Sioux city. It's sweet, man. They really did a good job on it. It was an old hobby lobby. Uh, but we have a dance studio wrestling. We got uh, adult fitness and then my strength conditioning and basketball is our biggest uh, piece. And so I've been there for the last year and it's been, uh, it's been a big blessing. Sioux City's been uh, – there was two places I never thought I'd live coming out of high school, and that was Orange City and Sioux City, and I'm two for two, man. So it's crazy. Life's pretty funny that way. Man, you think you know something, and then it the, the it all flips, man. So it's it's been a blessing. It's been great to, to give back to the youth. It's something I always wanted to do. My degrees were in exercise science and enterprise leadership with the idea of hopefully, you know, making it in football, believing in myself, and then coming back and giving back to, to home because we all come from somewhere, So and I believe in taking care of that. So I was going to go back and do that, and I've been given the opportunity to do so. And it's kind of blown up, so it's been a lot of fun. That's man. awesome, man. So it sounds like you were able to achieve a lot in a short, condensed period of time at Iowa and then set, and then yep. parlay that into what you were able to do academically at South Dakota State. So what were you studying at South Dakota State while you were there? Had you graduated already? While I was there, yeah. So it was crazy because I didn't really plan on going, right? Like I ended up leaving Iowa's program a week before camp started. So like – Okay, let's no, back up. Had, we're yeah, we're going to have to get into that. So so, yeah. so, how how did that play out? I mean, I understand yeah. that you I – don't, I don't know the extent of your injury. You tore your ACL, but I don't I, – was it more than that? And then how did yeah. how did that take a toll on you over time? Loaded question. Good question. Yeah. Um, so, my first ACL, I ended up – like I said earlier, I walked on. Uh, so, I did the scout team thing my first year, special teams the second. I worked my way into a starting role my third year and earned a scholarship. So, like, I knew the process and stuck to that, and it ended up following through, which was – which was big time. After that year of starting uh, in that next spring ball, I ended up tearing my ACL uh, at like the end of a practice, like four weeks in, dude. It's like just a fluky. It wasn't even contact. It was non-contact. 
Um, had surgery on that and was just like committed to coming back, dude. So I went on a crazy regimen and just went to work and um, had a really successful ACL. Like all my numbers were better than ever, but it was five and a half months. So I came back and played a game in five and a half months um, against Illinois. It was two weeks before Ohio State. So I was hoping to like get in a game experience. Not that any game is ever given in the Big Ten, but just like, you know, Ohio State's coming up. Yeah. Like that's just, that's reality, right? right. Like you have a bye week in Ohio State. So, you know, I was, I was obviously gave that, I've, all of my attention, right? Like all of my film work, all the things that I learned, um, but ended up retiring. Yeah, I had a pick six in the game. So I literally tore ran that back with a half torn ACL. So I had that scope um, and they tried to like, let me come back on it. Like the first time I trained again, I was doing hurl hops, mm. uh, single leg caved and retore it. So back to back ACLs and um, you know, life got really hard after that. You know, the first month was okay. And then everything kind of just started to dwindle there. And um, it, it leaked into my off the field stuff. Uh, I had a really tough spring. The, the ACL, the just recovery, especially back-to-back, was tough. And, you know, it was one of those things where I kind of dug myself in the hole off the field, but I just thought that if I could get to football my senior year, right, it would dig me out of it. And that's not a healthy place to be. You know, football isn't – it's not something you can count on for life. Like, that's not how it works, right? My identity was there, and I knew that if I could get there, it would be good, but I didn't get there. So I um, ended up having a conversation with, like, you know, a week before camp, after the summer program had ended. Like, I got my summer strength conditioning, like – award that Iowa does the Iron Hawk for finishing strength conditioning but it was just in my best interest to look elsewhere man like and that was the conversation coach Ferentz and I had um so this was like a week before camp I had nowhere to go and um I grew up going to SDSU games for most of my life right so my cousin Andrew Hoogaveen um, oh you're safety for I didn't dad. know you're related yeah. to Hoogs I played with him he's a great yeah, dude that's man family. did you do any physical great therapy dude. rehab with him at all? No, I got I, I I took his input on things for yeah, sure, but yeah. I never really I never worked out to to work with him. Yeah. But we definitely talked, man. He gave me a lot of good stuff. He's a, he's a good dude. Oh, I love I loved watching him play, and he was just like a perfect yeah. person to look up to. Sneaky so I, athlete. I spent too, a man. ton of my game. That was when the when it was a mud field too. In Brooklyn, oh yeah. You know what I mean? Oh. Every game was a mud field. Yeah, exactly. That was the that's before it all looks the way it does now. <laughs> yeah. it's beautiful now but it was not that way we used to call it the uh, gravel pit because back in the day <laughs> like here we go here's the first back in the day story dang we're only six and a half minutes in and i got a back in the day story it was uh it would you know how the weather it is in brookings right and it's the same yep. in probably in are you northwest iowa is larchwood in northwest that? iowa yeah. born and raised here yeah. so you know it's the same type of weather right so you'll get yeah, no torrential snow rain and then it'll drop be dry or it'll be humid as heck you know it's like you don't yeah. know and well, then brookings high school would play there too exactly and so every friday night it would just get torn up and oh, i was yeah. like man it looks like this again that's crazy dude that was a major point of contention for a long time but fortunately you know they yeah. they contributed to the uh to the yeah. uh, the lights and stuff there so that was like honestly they didn't have to do that so it was great the community obviously you know there is real tight-knit and uh so sure. to play no on it though the gravel pit man in the spring if it would be real like it, the snow would absorb into the ground but then it would get real dry and it, and then we yeah. would just tear it up and be like concrete. Cause it's still frozen, yep. but it's dry yep. on top. So it was wild, man. But so then, so you're a West, yeah. Li- you're a West lion guy, right? West lion. Yep. So do you know Chris Tracy? He's another Jack. So, so that's what, that was where I was going next. Yeah. Right. So then I spent, so I was a ball boy for Chris. I was in like seventh or eighth grade. Right. So I grew up and he was like the dude that everybody wanted to be right. Yeah. Like Chris was a monster athlete. Um, Again, just one of the West Lions had so many great ones, but he was one of the one of the better ones. He was phenomenal. Had a bunch of injuries, which was really tough, but mm. he was a, and then, so then obviously like just me looking up to him, it was the same thing. I would always go to his game. So same thing there. He got his long hair, and I was like, yeah, hey, the flow. I love watching the flow. Right. Dude, I loved I loved watching Chris. Again, just such a tough nosed dude, athletic. He was. He was awesome. Yeah, I, I never saw him growing into the frame. Like, I mean, obviously he's about 6'2", 6'3", yeah. but but he really grew into the frame well. And, like, I mean, yeah. Coach Moe, I mean, I don't know. You got to work with Coach Moe, obviously, being on the team. I did. But, but yeah. he was able to put yeah. weight on guys, man. Like, he really he's really good at doing that. I mean, putting pretty, yeah. pretty good weight on people, too. Um, That's one thing I think is similar between the, the both Iowa and South Dakota State is both of those coaches are really good at – well, and they know that that's the way that they play, right? Right. Like that's – at South Dakota State and Iowa football is it's tough, smart, it's tough, right. smart, physical, right? Like that's the way it is, and so those both of those coaches are very good at, and it's tough. Like that's part of the that's part of what makes the program difficult is you've got to put put on weight, you've got to put weight on the board in order to put on weight. Like that's just how it goes, and you got to eat, and so it's 
but those coaches are good at it for sure. That's why they've been there for forever. You know, Doyle was good at that. Absolutely, man. And that's part of the, that's part of the thing I was going to ask you next. So being it at a program that has, you know, such lower like Iowa and, and has all the history, mm-hmm. but it has continuity at the head coaching position and really throughout a lot of the ranks uh, in the assistant coaching staff uh, level, South Dakota State does as well. You know, uh, mm-hmm. Coach Stig has been there for 20 plus years now. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's uh, he's blue and yellow through and through. So stylistically, um, what was it like going from Kirk Ferentz to Coach Stig? Yeah, I think they play very similar roles in both programs. They're kind of um, guys that just oversee. They're kind of like the 10,000 feet guys, yeah. right, where – their their job is to make sure that everything goes but the thing about both of them is that they have great pe- people underneath of them right like they have really really good people underneath them that they can trust they've got great coaches there's so many great assistant coaches on both those staffs like this was the first time an Iowa coach left staff in like five years yeah right so you think about like one of the craziest overturned professions there is in, in college football like I was I was kept their guys in South Dakota State's pretty similar in that sense like they've had some guys that have been on that staff for a while um, you know, and, and also like, you know, coach Rogers, right. And coach Berge, like coach right. Rogers is, is blue and yellow through and through like hundred percent, man. Like he, he made me believe that real quick, you know? And so and he played in that same area as those guys. So I really trusted, I knew where that was coming from because I knew what he did on the, on the field. And there's, there's just a respect factor there for sure. Bingo. So, and I think that's what we've talked about a lot on the, on the pod. I think that's where Stig commands a lot of respect because he knows his deficits. Right. And a lot of coaches, mm-hmm. especially at the collegiate level, you know, we are talking about strength coaches. It, it is it big time happens there with ego, but it, it, you know, it starts with head coaches as well. I mean, there's a lot of ego They're They're making a ton of money, maybe not, you know, at South Dakota state to the degree that they are in the big 10, but at any rate, you're, you got a lot of zeros next to your name and you're get you, you know, you get a lot of pub when you're winning. And so it, it can be yep. hard to not allow that to go to work on your ego. So it's, it's great to see um, when coaches yep. understand where their strengths are and, and kind yep. of defer and prop up guys who've maybe been there that can kind of command that respect from, from the youth that's coming up, you know? So that's what I love mm-hmm. that he did in Jimmy, man, he's, he is on a path to, for a head coaching job at some point. Hopefully, I mean, yeah. hopefully it's somewhere close. 100%. And it's completely up to him, I think. Right. You know what I mean? Like, he's he's one of the better coaches that I've had. Like, in, in, And I would argue in the country, and again, I haven't been that far. Like, he's it's his knowledge, but it's also, like, what he can pull out of people. Exactly. Right? Like, the way that he coaches those linebackers, like, that's it, man. And, and I would argue that Coach Wallace and I was the same way. Like, they just get so much out of those guys. Yeah. Right? I remember Dalton Cox and Eric Kleinschmidt. Like, yeah. Coach Rogers was so hard on him, but he – he pulled so much out of those guys. And those guys are really good football players and they were tough, man. Yeah. Like Dalton was holding his own at the same way that I was, but he was in the box. Yeah. You know? so yeah. It's, he's, he's phenomenal, man. And it's completely like his, he's only going up. And again, either their program's going up or somebody's going to get a lot better for having him on staff. Right. Right. So, so back to what we were talking about, about the, you know, the decision to transition and you're looking for a spot to go. So when you're sitting there and you're having a conversation with coach Ferentz, is that, Hey, Brandon, we're going to, we're going in a different direction. You know, was it a multitude of factors? Was it the injury history? Um, yeah. And you be as That's, open as I you mean, want. Yeah, man, it, it was, it was deep, right? Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of factors that can get gotcha. to it, but it was, it was one of those things where I wasn't doing very well and I dug myself in a hole too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I had definitely made some mistakes and I heard people that were really close to me. Yeah. Um, you know, but it, it was also one of those things too, where I just knew like, I was trying to get to football and that was again, bad place to be in life. Like that's not how life works. It's about how you treat people. Right. And my face very important to me. And I had lost sight of that. Cause it was all yeah. about like, it was just like, please, can I get there? Can I get there? Can I get there? Right. Well, that affects the way that you live. Right. I was going to class less, like all those things were slacking. Right. And so um, that's definitely true, but it was also one of those things where I just felt like I, I knew I was still there and I still had enough and needed a fresh start as well. Right. And so that was, it was a tough conversation, but it was like, what do I do, man? Like I worked all this time to come back and I had a hammy all through the summer, dude. And it, I ran through it. Right. But our conditioning's hard. And like, man, I was, I was trying to keep up with those dudes, but it, it took so much out of me, man. Just physically, I was so tired and drained. Um, you know, so I just knew I still, I invested so much and I made it that far and I wanted that senior year. Um, and so I went up to, I called, honestly, I think I called coach Rogers first and was just like, Hey, is this a possibility? Like, 
I do. I, I checked it out. Like I did have one of my degrees finished, which is a crazy blessing, right? Because the grad transfer. So I had that enterprise leadership degree done. Um, so I was able to grad transfer. So I had him. I was like, hey, like, so I ended up taking grad school classes at SDSU. Um, I, I didn't really have the intent of getting my master's. Um, that wasn't really, you know what I mean? So it was one of those things where, you know, I was just doing what I needed to. Right. But that, I went in there and we had some real conversations with Coach Stig, with Coach Rogers. But uh, the one thing that right away, like they just addressed was my faith. Like that was we were just talking about that. And we were real like about all everything that happened to Iowa. And um, they took me in with open arms, man. Like it was literally no hesitation. It was they were such a blessing to me, like in that time, especially that was a hard time for me because that's what I was looking forward to, you know. And so, you know, like being still coming to this program a program was just such high prestige but really like it was about family there man like it was some of the relationships and the friends and the guys took me in right away it was it was i'm so thankful for that time it was like so thankful for those guys and those yeah, conversations man. like i'll never forget those conversations those initial ones that's awesome yeah like it's that's impactful man because like you know Things happen, especially when you're looking to find your right fit. Uh, I know we talked about a little bit before we started recording, but uh, being a transfer myself, you know, uh, I, you know, you're going to a new spot. You're trying to ingratiate yourself uh, with with new guys who you didn't go on recruiting trips with. I mean, you you're from the area very close, uh, you know, locally, but still, you know, you're seeing a lot of these guys brand new, um, and mm-hmm. so. You know, it was similar for me. I, I didn't make the best decisions either. Actually, I think mm-hmm. I've I think I've told this story. Maybe I haven't. I hope I haven't. But Coach Conklin, who is actually he was a D coordinator at Pitt. He's now the head coach at at Wofford. But um, I didn't make the best decision one time. Uh, skipped a class, and uh, he was the teacher of the class. And uh, he he wasn't teaching it that day or something. And he's like, "You need to get to class." And I thought he was it was like fundamental movement. Right. So I didn't take it seriously, mm-hmm. had a chip on my mm-hmm. shoulder. I thought the class was a joke. I didn't respect it. I should have respected the class. And, uh, he's, he goes, get the class or I'll fail your ass. He looked at me right in the eye and I had a conversation with him. I had another conversation that's, that's personal that I, I had with our defensive line coach, but I mean, I'll share this part. They look, they look me in the eye and they go, I wonder if you're the player that we thought you were going to be. And when you hear mm-hmm. those words, man, it's it's a come to Jesus moment, right? So you're like, mm-hmm. all right, I'm being questioned. And so mm-hmm. you can either you can either cower and run like a coward, mm-hmm. or you can mm-hmm. face it, do some soul mm-hmm. searching and get to work. And you know, I would like mm-hmm. to say from that point on, I was flawless and made no mistakes, but I, I still mm-hmm. stub my toe here and there. But uh yep. I, I learned a lot about that. And then I leaned on guys like you know, Hoogs, you know, Eric Schroeder, Mitch Pontrelli, a lot of the guys, uh, you know, uh, Willie Jones, a lot of dudes that are, you know, just good, good people, you know, Um, some of those cats were great players, all, you know, all American caliber type, type athletes and and ball players. And some of them are just excellent people, you know, and um, that's, that's what you need. And I think that that's, it's interesting the overlap between you transferring and feeling that same way and me feeling that same way. And then seeing how, South Dakota State now with the with the transfer portal op, kind of opening up a lot of opportunities from a lot of great programs uh, that are FBS caliber around us, getting those guys mm-hmm. from Nebraska's, the Iowa's and stuff like that. That could just be a nice little, you know, cherry on top to add that depth and add that kind of, you know, experience that we can need, yep. we need to take the next step. So no doubt. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Huh. It's wild. Yeah, right? I, I had. Yeah. Yeah, I had I, similar to you. I just had teammates that were money. Like, uh, it was so funny. Like, one of the first days, Isaac Wallace, of all people, man. Like, you know, you would never think he'd be the guy day one to, to like, open his hands. But, dude, he, we just started walking out to, to practice. And next thing you know, we just started talking, right? And then from there on, it was, like, it never it never stopped. Like, he was just, that was just my dude, right? That was literally, like, the first conversation we had. And next thing you know, like, he's still a guy I call and hang out with all the time. Like, that's. It's so it's and him, Micaiah Slade, Josh Minchkai, obviously safeties, like immediately just was like boys with them, you know, and that didn't have to be because it was one of those things where we were kind of competing, especially with those two, like right. at the same position. Like I was coming in, I was a senior, you know, like I wanted to play, man. Like I, yeah, you know, as much exactly. as I love those guys, like yeah. I came here to play. Like, <laughs> right, right. Like that's it. when I'm on the field, that's how it's going to be. But, you know, it didn't change the way that those guys took me in. Like it was 
and Coach Berge set the precedent for that. Yeah, know? that's another thing too. You know, I had a chance to visit in depth with with Coach Bergstrom uh, when we were doing a Minnesota recruiting pod because he recruits a lot from that region. Um, and one of the interesting things is is like how they set the precedent is so important, right? Because mm-hmm. when you have that famine mindset as a coach and you're like, and you create such competition within the ranks of a position group that it, it can be cannibalizing where your guys are just, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're just destroying themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. When it has to be an internal battle, right? Like you're mm-hmm. competing with who you were yesterday, not who someone else is today. Right. No. So um, I think, that that is another thing that started to kind of materialize with consistency as assistant coaches kind of you know went on to bigger different opportunities from South Dakota State. Coach Stig was still able to keep that archetype in there, so I think mm-hmm. that that's been yeah. real been good real point. good. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. So, all right, so you're one week before camp is about to start at yeah. Iowa, and you and you land at South Dakota State. Yeah. And you go I end through up living with Mason, Mason Lysa, you know, that name. Play D line. Yeah. I know his name. I, yeah. I don't, I don't re- yeah. remember fully. He had, he had like a basement dude, basically. So I, nice. moved, I moved in in like less than a week. I was, I was living in his basement and coach Rogers hooked it up, man. It was, it was crazy. But again, just so like, there were so many things that just fell into place. Um, Chase Kern, actually, you know, that name, he was D lineman and got hurt. I know the name. The same yeah. day that I came in. So I came in at like noon or one, right. To meet with the staff for the first time he had gone in that morning. Um, he had back issues. He had a back, like bad back surgery and it just wasn't healing. He came in that morning and basically like gave up his scholarship. Oh, right. Man. So like that literally opened up because they're otherwise there once a been at that time. Like there's never, they don't have open. Wow. You know never, what I mean? so never like, at that late. In the I'm gonna year. go. I'm gonna take my. my I'm gonna be broke, and I'm gonna go in Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Walk on. Like, yeah. What a what a flip script. But again, such like dude blessing, right? And he, again, he's so funny. Now I work with his dad's the uh, the photo guy in, in the arena, so it's just a small circle. Like, yeah. Yeah. No accidents. Wow. No. Crazy. No. No accident. I mean, there's a lot of things that fell in line for you there, man. That's that's pretty yeah. wild. That's strange. Wow. So. Yeah. So, all right. So you go through your first fall camp where, I mean, was there any, was it awkward? I mean, there had to be some awkward moments. You're trying to, you're trying to find, you know, find that chemistry. What was that like? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely like you come in and you're listed at four, you know, and we had talked about that before. Like I I knew I I had to be there, bro. Like, yeah, no question. Put me there. That's fine. So you Mm -hmm. have again, new brand new system. And I had spent all that time mastering Iowa system, which again, came back to help me. But I mean, the biggest thing was like, I need to learn the system. I need to learn the, the, the terminology, how to communicate with everybody. If I can communicate with everybody, like that's my job as a safety is to make sure that everybody else is in the right position in front of me. And we feel confident about that. Right. And then I just make sure like top down, nothing gets over top of me. So my first, my first thing was, was learn. And, um, who actually really helped me was Pete manage. So Pete manage is, was an assistant and he was a GA at the time. Um, he went to central line. He was a year younger than me. So mm-hmm. West line, central line, we were, we were, okay. uh, we always went against each other growing up always. Well, he was a GA. And so he's actually the guy that spent like every time that I wasn't in practice or whatever, he was the guy that was sitting in the, in the film room, just going over things with me and helping me. Right. So again, like such a, such a blessing for him to be able to help me with that. So I mean, I, like day three, I had the whole system down too. I, like, I swear to you. Nice. I mean, I, I never like mastered it like I did with Iowa, but it was, I knew enough where I could go basically anything that was called, I could go play it. And so that was the biggest thing is like, well, I'm going to sit there and learn and not get reps. Right. And honestly just rest up a little bit. And then mm-hmm. when the time comes, like I'm going to bust it and go and prove that um, I can put people in the right position and communicate and make sure we're all on the same page and then do my job from there. You know, especially at that safety position, like I call it bonus a lot. I'm a lot of a free player, so I could use my, instincts find the right gap so um you know it was hard the other thing that was hard too was like alex romo romanesco yeah, I think that's yeah. what he said. Mm-hmm. um had that shoulder shoulder surgery kept getting stingers and like labrum and so it was a hard thing because he was a senior too mm. you know and so i really felt for him and was like kind of competing with him so that was tough but honestly like other than that i mean it was um i had really good relationships initially with the safeties in the room um they helped me like they didn't have to by any means, but yeah. it was pre- it was pretty it was a pretty seamless um, transition into into that room and into that role. Did you guys did the competition level kind of bump up? Did you feel it like just guys like because I mean when that happens you got you know if you put yourself in their position like it seems like you have plenty um, 
you know, you got a guy coming in from a big 10 university played yeah. two, two years and some change yeah. and, and is like, yeah. oh, okay, now, now this guy's coming in. Okay. Yeah. Like wh what was yeah. that? What was that like? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think that, I mean, I think the level raised for yeah. sure. Um, obviously with Romo at the time, dude, he was making plays. I, I think yeah. like he would have probably started the year ahead of me just without like his leadership, how much he knew. And he just made the plays, all the right plays within the system. Um, you know, and I honestly just wasn't moving very well. I had to wear a brace and it was just really hard to like be smooth back there and get out of breaks. Dude, Kay Johnson gave me the work sometimes on the squad. <laughs> like one on one. That boy that, he was... that that dude that dude is crazy. I came in here I'm serious, dude. I think all three of those guys would have started I was on I was receiving core, right? With the year I got there. Who, who, like I, they were that good. Who else were you talking about? It was Adam. Well Adam. it was Adam, Cade, and then like uh Jacob uh yeah, Jacob Brown was yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, they were, they were all, and again, he was a compliment to those two. Like, they were tough. They were tough. So, and yeah. I was just struggling at the time. Receivers, they're better now. Amir Smith-Marset and Brandon Smith and those guys, by the time we were thinner there. So, it was like a, that was when I knew it was real. You know, like the first practice, you get through one-on-ones, and I couldn't move very well. I do. Yeah, there are a couple of bad clips. Don't check the tape on that one. But <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Yeah, man. I, I have a feeling Cade probably yeah. did that to a lot of people in his he, time in Brooklyn. Yeah. <laughs> I know he, he did it to everyone else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he definitely did. I loved it on Saturdays for sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Go crazy, <laughs> Exactly, man. I got to I got to fly up uh, and stay with family uh, last, well, it would have been two years ago now, um, in September and see him play uh, the Gophers. And dude, yeah. he he housed that kickoff that game. Oh, I mean, they, they should have won that game, dude. Yeah, man, for sure. It was wild. It was a wild one. It was a wild one. But uh, yeah. So all right. So you're you're there. You ingratiate yourself. I, your senior year. How does it go? How does it unfold? What's it like? Yeah, man. It uh, it was okay. Physic physically, it was the hardest thing, right? So like my example was like we always do pre practice stuff, and I would have normally like hopped on that, brother. Like, that's what I. It's all about the work, right? And the rest, right. and. It was one of those things where, dude, I would, like, put it off to go make sure I got taped. And Coach Berge knew, like, I just couldn't do it. Just physically, I was so run down. I popped my bursa in the first NDSU game, and so not only did I have to, like, wear that brace, I was, like, swollen. Like, it was swollen the whole year, dude. So it was just – physically, it was really tough for me, but mentally is what kept me on the field. I ended up kind of splitting reps with Major Gaia, Josh G, starting yeah. now. Um, that's my boy. Uh, we call him the Barracuda. He, 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 the Barracuda, yeah, <laughs> the Barracuda. That's right. <laughs> That's my guy. Uh, you know, that was a good thing. You know, part I love that part of the year was like he was one of those up and comers, right? And he he was just in with us, and he would just ate everything that we were doing. Him and Michael Griffin, right? Because Griff couldn't play; he just transferred in. So those two mm -hmm. guys just were. It was. It gave us like a mentoring role, which was really good for me as well, right? It's good yeah. to like have those guys pouring into you because I needed that at the time. But he also like respected me as a leader even though, you know, like right away, which was awesome, man. And so that really was a cool relationship. Um, but, yeah, so that, that was, it, you know, the year was fun. It, it had ups and downs, like the you and I lost. I, that, that was a hard game for us. Um, you know, we didn't always play great, but we found a way. NDSU, we could have beat them the first time. I we know. put them tough up there, man. Yeah. Like, um, we, we you know, could what could have, would have, should have, right? right? But exactly. we played them. we played them really tough that first game, man, like. And they're, they were so good. I mean, they're so hard to play up there. I mean, I played them at Iowa, and I played them twice at SDSU. I'm only I'm three against them, man. And I was like, that was my other look coming out of college. So they always game plan for me, dude. First game of <laughs> Iowa, they came, they came, they ran that jet action, that split back jet action, right? Fullbacks coming out. I thought I was going to rock him, right? First play of the game, it's NDSU. Right. I know all the coaches standing yeah, over yeah. here, right? He goes and cuts me, and I flip. I swear my feet were 10 feet in the air, and I was like, oh, it's going to be one of those days, man. And they did the thing. They tried to get me with a, the, a full uh, – they were in power, right? Yeah, Fullback's that's what they through. run, man. And then they, sli and then and they, they slipped slip the it. on the first play. I was like, you're really going to try me the first play of the oh, game, they dude? Again? They know, man. Again? Yep. But I got that one. But anyways, you know, we went down to, to Arkansas uh, – or Arkansas, what, Kennesaw State, right? Yep. Yeah. In the quarterfinal game. Yep. I ended up getting knocked out that game, dude. It was cold and rainy and miserable field. And they run that triple option, right? So the fullback came through and, dude, it split like the Red Sea. I had the B gap as a safety from eight yards. And it split like the Red Sea. And this fullback, all you can see is the crown of his head, dude. That's and Oklahoma Joe right there, man. I was like, dude, what? that can't be legal. Well, And I just, I don't know. It's, it's the way I play. I was, I tried to get under his pad, dude. I tried to rock him, right? And the B gap, that's my job, yeah. right? It was good. 
was to fit it. And so I fit it and we both were knocked out. Right. Yeah. Like it was, I was sleeping. It was, it was probably one of the scarier things, you know, I woke up and Charlie's out on the field and, uh, you know, he started like feeling stuff. Like, can you feel that? And I couldn't really feel anything right away. So I was pretty terrified. I kind of came back too. ended up not really having any concussion symptoms, which was a blessing. I tried to go back in the game, you know, they took my helmet, but I was like, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Cause wow. it started to get tight. It started to get tight. Um, so I, that was, you know, we played six, seven days later, uh, and I ended up, that was NDSU semifinals. So I'm, you know, I'm playing that game. Like, yep, there's no I way that. I'm not playing that game. Yeah. There's no way. And so, um, I was out of it. Honestly, like I didn't play, I didn't play very well. I didn't really practice all week. Um, we just didn't play very well. Um, they got on us early and they were rolling. Um, we still had a chance, you know, at halftime, I think we were sitting good. They scored early in the second half. Right. Um, I've won through and then, yeah, middle of that third quarter, tight end came they were in like outside zone i was supposed to fit the a gap dude and i was just late that's just how i played i was just a step or two late the tight end from the front or from the backside got to me i put my foot in the ground and boom goes my other acl so um that was that was hard man because yeah. i had plans after that to train um yeah. you know it's just like it didn't seem like the right ending the other thing that was hard about that year too was the iowa state game first game of the year I, right, so I transfer, I transfer in from Iowa, dude. You don't think I'm humped up for that? I got the got, got the starting job first game. I knew Iowa coaches were going to watch that because they played next week, right? Not that that's why I played, but I right, was like, okay, right. let's go. It's a little so added incentive, right? Ball, ball out for sure. It's Iowa State in Ames, and it gets rained out. We get dude, delay after delay. I that was one of the lower parts of my life, and that's a bummy that decision. Yeah, bummy decision. Bummy like, how, how you gonna? I mean, so that, and Dude, honestly, that, that hit me so hard. I think so that hard. you, you guys. I, I mean, I think that that would have favored. I mean, I, I liked the matchup. It was, it was gonna be a tight one, or and, you know, I, I thought we had. Uh, I, felt it, I felt good about it too. I mean, a lot of people good. felt good about it, man. It was. Felt good about it. That was a tough one. That was a tough one, but. You know, everything happens for a reason, and uh, for a reason, man. And, and so, parts parts of the story, man, crazy. Absolutely, and so all right. So your your senior year goes. I mean, at least you got one. How many how many knee got surgeries one. have you had? I've had five knee surgeries. Yeah. Five. I've so, had three three ACLs. So two on the left, one on the right. Two on the left, one on the right. Yeah, Damn. I had a scoped ACL. That was the one that I tried to get back for the last day game because I only partially tore it, so they mm-hmm. scoped it. I tried to come back, which so I half an ACL. It was dumb. Yeah, but whatever. And then I had a meniscus. But they tried to repair it the second time, and it just didn't. So, you know, that's about all I have left. That's really bothers me is I just don't have much meniscus. So I hear you. I'm so, good. So, so do you? Yeah. So you're young enough. We're still we're still young. But do you have uh, do you have any issues like with it? I'm sure you rehab like walking, that's- lifting. Well, I mean, my job is performance, right? Yeah. So my job is to study this. You got a demo. That's a big, big, I got a demo, right? Yeah. Have to demo, have to demo. Yep. Um, I use that as chances to train, right? Like, and I would never tell somebody to do something that would put them in a risk for injury position, right? And I think doing that and peak performance go hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're using our muscles, we're avoiding ligaments. Like, that's, that's the whole jam. And so that's been a blessing for me. It's been hard at times because I really wish like I had a desk job. So I didn't have to continue to be on my feet. Like that would be nice. But at the same time, I'm in a much better place than I would have been if I didn't have this job and wouldn't be just like, again, demoing and trying to do everything I can to show kids what it looks like to move at a high level. Well, and there you go. You just, you just put a good cap on it. You you moved at a high level historically. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, Mm -hmm. you, you don't, you don't just house balls in the big 10 rolling right. out of rolling out of bed so you you're able to craft yourself and put yourself in position to make those kinds of plays that means you had the genetic component and then you had the work ethic component um some guys get the genetic component the work ethic component and the luck of never having major surgeries you know so um no but blessing no in disguise right so now you have all that knowledge you can pour it into mm-hmm. human performance um mm-hmm. and you've seen both sides you've seen injury return to play You've seen, you know, high performance, peak yep. performance level. So you know what all that's like. So diving into a little bit of that, um, with the evolution of how things have gone. Sorry, my dog is over here. You're good. Uh, with the evolution of how things have gone with human performance, what are some of the things that Iowa uh, – were you there when the rhabdo, my, the rhabdo thing happened? It, it was before my time. 
no. before your time. What we, about we heard about it, but I got you. There, there's so there's this notoriously throughout football, and I'd love to see a paradigm shift. And you're in performance, maybe you can be part of that. And I was in performance with Exos, but I'm old and washed up. But um, <laughs> we had a we had a situation where like we would always they would always sacrifice the body to train the mind. And I, I, I always mm. thought that that was so counterintuitive. I mean, like, like you're talking about conditioning, right? Like you're doing conditioning and you had a hammy, but like you also tore your ACL. So your hammy was probably a function of compensating for a knee that, you know, needed to, to be stabilized. Right. So I just, I always found that interesting. What's your take on that, man? As far as like, Iowa definitely seems like a program that would sacrifice the body to, to train the mind. That's a really interesting question. Um, I want to be careful with it. Yeah, yeah. Um, because we all see, we all have different perspectives, right? And this is just my lens on things. Correct, yeah. Um, I I fall more in line with um, what you said as far as, you know, trying to avoid sacrificing the body to an extent in order to, to see how mentally tough I can be, right? To, to think that I need to take a next step in progressing my mental toughness by trying to get through something physically, you know, especially conditioning wise. So in specific regards to the body, like that was a, that was one of the harder things that I had to do at Iowa, right. Is I no longer was going there to play football. I was going there to train right for two years. And what you do in practice is you condition, right? Like, and so they were just having me condition all the time and like on the Aerodyne bike, like crazy different things. And I just physically ran out of gas. Right. Right. And I was I mean, I'm sitting there saying, like, I'm the same human. Right. Like, I'm the same person. You guys know what I did. I, you, like, you don't need to, to continue to push me. Right. Like, I'm good. Right. Like, how about we get healthy so I can actually be on the field and produce and help and give my information and make plays and whatever. Right. Like, actually show people because people think that this is somehow like slacking. Mm-hmm. Right. But the only reason I'm over here is because I'm worked. I'm just worked. And, and that was that's what I do different. I, I would say I work in, in shorter um, time spans. I would say that my conditioning is more uh, like tempo runs and I really focus on um, body positioning, peak performance, speed is king, like speed's king, right? Like it's all about speed and I believe conditioning and speed work look very different. And I agree. Do um, 100%. Well, one is that, energy systems development. One is start, acceleration, top end, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so – you know, I, I trained that way for a long time. I trained in those big blocks and moved heavy weight for a long time. I mean, at Iowa, we squatted basically weekly, right? Like you're putting mm-hmm. the bar on your back and you're hitting 80 to 85 plus percent. Sometimes eccentric, sometimes flawed. You're cleaning on the other day, right? Always hitting 80 to 85 percent. And I just felt like once I hit a certain point, it would have been more important for me to sustain those qualities and really focus on feeling good, um, feeling healthy and feeling like, um, more athletic, right? Like faster, more explosive, yeah. focus um, more on lighter, lighter almost. Quality. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you know, I felt like I had my base and I had my casing part of it's casing, right. With football, right. You've got to have a casing, right. You've got to, you've got to protect yourself. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely a need for that, but I also think that, continuing to to build mass right under heavy weights doesn't help me especially as a safety be a better football player yeah you looked um, you looked like you looked like a linebacker when i when i saw yeah. you on uh film just yeah. looking at some of your interviews at iowa you looked like a linebacker yeah. like a like a tweener linebacker a little bit of a yeah. hybrid yeah physically but i think there's also been a transition in performance in recent time if you look at alabama right and those types of programs like some of these people were ahead of the game as far as the the shift in, in performance now you're seeing free lap systems all over the country right now everybody's timing their kids in 10 yards and, and doing different things um you know alabama got ahead of that curve and we started to, to shift there but we weren't there we were still under the bar a lot and we were moving heavyweight a lot so um you know, and that's necessary. There's just a, you got to get to that strength point, right? And then at some point, it's about, I don't know, I think speed's the best strength exercise anyway. So being fresh, resting between reps, and, you know, you're getting your aerobic work more in like a tempo run type setting, right? Where you're not you yeah. testing, your, testing your mind 
um, but also losing all those physical things mm. because it affects your life, right? You just run out of energy, right? That, and then that I have too, less, I mean, energy, less energy to live, right? I lost energy to class. We only have so much energy, man. Right, and, right. Yeah. yeah. And no, that's a great point. We could geek out on that all day, I think. But so <laughs> did, did you guys have any wearable technology at Iowa? Was that a, did you wear, did you have Catalyst or? We wore GPS. Yeah. We wore Catal- GPS. Catal- yeah. Yeah. So yeah. they would, so, and that's another thing that I think is really fascinating that I'd like to see kind of a transition to, and this isn't a criticism on any, any program at all, like getting your, getting your conditioning in high volume, high speed reps in practice. Yep. Like your yeah. actual yeah. practice reps and then, and then kind of transitioning that to full, full speed contact days, like your two days or one day a week during, you know, during season or camp. So that's interesting. That's, it's, it's interesting that it's kind of cool to know though, that South Dakota state wasn't that far off from Iowa as far yeah, as the they prep. Were, yeah. And we were in season, so I didn't get to experience uh, an off season. True. So, true. Um, those are different programs. Although, you know, I think you could add some things in season that would maybe be, be different, but I, most of them, they're in season program. You know, you're just not hitting top speed as much. Like those are the things that you're getting. You're not hitting conditioning as much, mm-hmm. right? Where those are, those are the roles of the strength conditioning staff in the off season. Definitely. Do you, so do you keep in touch with, uh, do you follow Jack's football uh, currently still a little bit or have you kind of moved away from football and need yeah. a mental break yeah. or? No, I stay in touch with it. Um, you know, I've done okay. It's been weird in the spring. We've been super busy just with spring, right. the end of winter and the start of spring and summer stuff. Um, it's just a transition time for us. But I've I've kept it up to date. I still know so many of those guys. So right, um, I love to stay in touch. And it's just Definitely. what a crazy time for them. What a crazy just couple of months for those mm-hmm. guys and just their fall. I I can't. I literally can't even imagine. It was spring ball on steroids. Like, yeah, man. With, it's gonna... with, with such a question mark over, like, when are we going to play? If we're going to get a play. Right. I, I can't. For coaches and players, so hard. Man, it's like it's going to be a heck of a job whoever comes out of spring. And then and then you're going right into fall. So you're going to have to maintain, like, our body's going to be somewhat fresh. You're going to put them on ice. What do you – I mean, it's going to be yeah. – it'll be interesting. It's exciting from a fan perspective because it's the only show on on right now. It's the only show yeah. going on in terms of football, sure. um, but that's cool, man. So, do you get to watch games, or do you do you kind of like? Just... I haven't watched it. I haven't watched it this year. I mean, last year I, I for sure yeah. watched them. I just haven't not this, not this year, but I plan to. No, we have tournaments on the weekends, man. Like we're running every weekend. Oh, we oh so you're cool. okay. We have gotcha. so we have club basketball. Like that's our that's our monster thing. So we host tournaments because we've got five courts and then three courts downtown. So we've got eight courts. We were in 130 teams last week. That's weekend. legit. I love that. So you just run around. <laughs> Control so, chaos. <laughs> so are you also uh, skills and coaching the club stuff along with performance? I coach a club team. Um, I dab into some of the skill stuff. You know, I, I wanted to play college basketball until go, mm. going into my senior year. I had a – I tore my perineus longest and had compartment syndrome. I was like a night away from losing my leg. Like injuries have just been all over in my life. So it's crazy. Um, but that was the shift where I switched from basketball and I couldn't – I needed to use the energy elsewhere. I started lifting and then mm. – kind of the rest is history, but that's where my shift really happened. So nice. I, I do like the basketball is that the, I mean, it's, it was my first love. It was where I spent most of my time on most of my life growing up, um, you know, mm-hmm. travel the country playing basketball, but that's awesome. Um, so I, I, that's a, that's another cool piece of my job. So I do some, I do some skills training just from my own experience, but also from spending the last year with our skills trainer every day, like we're the only two like full, full time employees. Um, so, you know, I, I, I just watch him, you know, and just mm-hmm. learn from him. It's awesome. That is awesome, man. So, like, as far as growing up, you were a multi-sport athlete then. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, basketball, football. So, you played baseball too. What? Baseball, track. One year I did track and golf in the same season. Golf. One year I didn't play baseball. Yeah, golf. That's not. That's I can't. I'm trying to world. break ninety, dude. I'm trying to break ninety. <laughs> come on, man. What you got? I'm any pointers? Play. <laughs> dude. Hey, anytime. Anytime. Tempo. Tempo, it's all tempo. Tempo of the swing, right? My big thing is for everyone here that really wants to know about my golf swing, um, I can't like (laughs) – like I'm working on fully uncoiling, man, you know, like that follow through. Yep. Yeah. Yep, it's all about timing and tempo. Good stuff. So what's your handicap? I'm just above par. 
Damn. I'm, a, I'm a three, four, five. Is that on an I Iowa did, course? Are we talking like pro level course, or is that not like pro level? Not pro level. I don't get <laughs> yeah. a play. I don't. I did Sioux City. I mean, yeah. Here, but so you're saying they don't have? I'll get a high seventies, low eighties on a tough course. Okay. Bob, I used to. So I grew up on the golf course, man. Like that was. I lived in Archwood, town of nine hundred people. There was no swimming pool. Like I was a sports geek, so I would go to baseball in the morning. I'd go play golf for seven rounds and just walk. I literally just putt until someone awesome. picked me up. My dad would bring me food because I wouldn't eat. Like it was, <laughs> so I, that's that's my getaway, man. Like that's what I love to do. Now I get rusty because I'm gonna play that much as much as I used to, but I love someday. <laughs> you know that's a re- that's a really good point. A lot of people that's where we do business. Like I do a lot of business on the golf course. Um, so people need to chill on going after these politicians. That's where business is done, man. You know what I'm hey, saying? No doubt. <laughs> well, like what? I, here's my thing about it: is one, you're getting away, right? Like yeah. two, what else can you do where you get four to four and a half hours just to sit and talk with somebody like that just doesn't happen our world's so fast paced so for me it's like i'm gonna get my the people that i love to hang out with and want to golf and go hit some balls and that's a great endorsement it's it's the best peaceful uh, nature man that's the biggest thing too because i live in you know in this i live near tcu like just right north of tcu Mm -hmm. so so the interesting thing is man it's and this is a booming area right like everything's growing there's they're constantly working on 35. I know everybody knows what 35 is up there because it goes straight north to, to Brookings. But um, yep. they're constantly doing construction on it. So, like, the only way to get out in nature is get to the parks or, like, go to Colorado and hike. And so when I can't go to Colorado or go to, you know, somewhere else on vacation, golfing, man, it zaps my focus right to what I'm doing in the current moment. So it's a, it's a nice little, you know, mind, yep. uh, re, you know, release. So. That's good stuff. So you played golf, baseball, yeah. basketball. Did you swim? I mean, did you do that too? No swimming. Terrible. Swimming. No swimming. Terrible. Okay. Swimming. All I right. Thank you immediately. Like back floating. I'm down. Dude. Did you, that's, did that's you, not it. did you break dance? Did you do anything like that? No, no break. No, I, try to dance. I try to dance, but okay. I'm not, I'm can you, can you draw? Can you paint? I've got, I've got handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, man. So no, I can't paint. <laughs> the, re- the reason I bring that up, I think it's really cool that now people are really starting to understand you can't just isolate one sport. I mean, for me, it was kind of a bummer because I, I really enjoyed basketball is my first love. But I mean, I had the handles of a center, but I had the height of what would be a point guard at six three. So my dad's like, dude, you're you're gonna are you kidding me? You're gonna be a lineman or a tight end or something. Lo and behold, that's yeah. what I was. But um <laughs> so so it kind of funneled me in, especially growing up in a big uh suburban area in Atlanta and in, in Minnesota, you, you you're forced to pick, you know, uh, because mm-hmm. there's thousands of kid kids at the school. But um to be honest i I would i think that's great an endorsement from you as well having lived it and having been in the big 10 having been in the missouri valley and and been there been uh you know a guy in the arena saying like play multiple sports yep i dude it it all comes with balance right like it's super important especially in today's day and age to find balance with it all um you know that's a big big heart of why i do what i do is that you know, I couldn't play baseball my junior year because I needed to travel the country to try to get recruited in basketball, right? Like, and there was no option to do both, right? Well, I think there should be, right? Someone should have that availability. And, and you know, the school for us, schools always come first. But, like, it's so good for you to learn all those different school skills. Like, and for me, when I train them, like, I, I gain different things from all of the different sports about, like, how to move best, right, and most effectively. Like, one crazy thing is we have a dance studio, right? And like dancers are the best movers, man. I swear to you. Like I learned, I learned so much from the way that they move, right? Like there's so much more to our body than we think. But just because we play a certain sport, we think our, of ourselves as so rigid, right? But it's like, no, like you can have that kind of mobility, right? Like this is how our body actually should move. Like this is where we should actually push off of our foot. Like those are things I, I pick up from them. So that's a really cool part of my job. But it's just true. Like all those skills, like the skills, my first two steps and after my pedal and I was shuffle, shuffle, right? So the fact that, and then I had to shuffle flat for as long as I could, because you don't go until you know, right? The second you go, right. right? And you're wrong, you're beat, right? So it's like all those things carry over. It's the same, it's the same real movements, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, and for me, it's about the experiences. Like right now we had Westline girls come in this morning to practice on their way down to state, right? And so it's about those experiences. I remember practicing in Drake, right? And having that state basketball experience. State track was so fun, dude. And uh, the Blue Oval in Des Moines, like, 
it was super nice. That was the end of your senior year. Like those experiences with your teammates and the people that you grew up with, it's priceless, man. So, you know, I, I get the fact that some people do choose and sometimes it is the best decision for them. Right. And sometimes their environment makes that happen. But I just think there's so much to be had from playing even just one more sport. Right. Mm. Another set of teammates, another set of relationships, another set of experiences to learn from. Man, that's a great point. I, I didn't even really consider that element of it, just more so the physical aspect of it. But it does enrich you like when you're when you're seeing, you know, how another kid may approach something or, you know, it just fills in oh, gap yeah. gaps of knowledge that, that you're just lacking on or you didn't know that you had to to open up to. And I think yeah. one of the one of the cool points is about like you were talking about, you know, playing all these different sports or even dance, it expands your movement library, right? Because if you never if you never do a movement because you're not forced to do it, how often are kids these days going to go do a movement unless they're forced to do it? Uh, whether yeah. it's their sport or whether it's, you know, preparation for a sport or a game or activity, you know, it's, it's just awesome to be able to do. And uh, I think a lot of times too, from an injury perspective, it alleviates the overuse issues redundancy right? yeah yeah, exactly. yeah especially on arms for throwing athletes or, or different things sure. you know you look at I basketball needs for basketball athletes like Con- dude, most of what jumping. i deal with like i i don't train a lot of high school athletes in the winter because most of the athletes we have are basketball players or especially around here they're multi-sport guys in sioux city in northwest iowa uh, so you have to really respect like knees are a big deal dude like a lot of a lot of basketball players complain about it and it makes sense right like you're gonna jump and you're going to fly in the air make a hard landing on a wooden floor. Like mm. if you don't have ultimate body control and land perfect with your muscles, like something's going to take the blow and typically it's your knees. Right. So like, yeah, you've got to, you've got to respect that and train around that. Right. There are ways to train around it, but you've got to respect it. There's ways you can help it too. Right. But you've got to respect that. And they're different physical, yeah. like football, like, you know, day after the game, like you're so beat up. Right? It's not that you're, muscles underneath are really that beat up like it's the actual physical bruising right like it hurts to put a bar on your neck you know like that's something that you have to respect with football that you wouldn't really have to in basketball exactly it's just all those different skills man you're just learning it's a good point so you were talking about how you had all your eggs in the basket uh of football and 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 you you had your life was a little bit out of balance right so you graduate um i think one of the biggest things that dudes struggle with and and a lot of people in life, but specifically when your identity is ingrained in something you've devoted your life to, to the degree you've devoted your life to it at the collegiate level, how, how did you find balance as you segued into a new transition in life? Yeah. Monster question. And it's one that a lot of people try to attack. So I mean, I'll do my best at it. Um, it's true. I think what sports do is they give us a very clear goal of like the outcome that we're looking for. And it also, creates routine for us there's people who have paved the way as far as like here's the routine that you need in order to be successful with this it requires you lifting in the morning and shooting after school and it has all this built-in time right like your schedule is built in like if you want to be successful this is what you do if not and it's if someone that's not about it okay maybe they go home and do netflix or whatever their thing is right and spend their time elsewhere but sports create that routine for us in the time and that the goal and it's very clear like for most people it gets so many people through school right like that's what we're looking forward to that's my sense of of accomplishment and feeling worthy i guess right like that's what i'm striving for that's why i wake up early it's the decision it's the fact i don't i don't go out right like those it affects all of your decisions um but it's fleeting man like it is it really is fleeting um it can go real quick and especially in today's day and age with the the more physical and athletic that we get like the injury rate in the nfl was so high this year like what happens when it goes Right. And now it's like, what am I making decisions for? Well, it seemed like if I was going to be a successful football player, these are the things that I should do. Right. Like this makes sense. There's a pathway for that. Um, but what happens in life is it's bigger than that. Right. So for me, like my faith is super important. Right. I believe that Jesus lived here on this earth. Right. And the Bible is true. Right. And that he interacts with us today. Like that's that's what I believe. And so that is something that I had when I was younger and I fell off because football took. it was just can I get to football? Like that was it for me. Right. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's about how you treat people. And, and I had less of a focus on that. Right. than me trying to get back for football is about my pursuit, like respecting my time and energy, which I needed to do. But I burned bridges along the way. Right. And, and, and my conversations changed. Right. And I wasn't just seeking out like for the good of people. That's what SDSU gave back to me. It was like 
know, they really cared about me. And, and that was what, through my process at Iowa too. It was like, there's a certain number of people who stayed through it all and really loved me, right? Not what I did there, right? Or what I did for them, but for me, right? And at the end of the day, that comes down to, to the conversation, the real conversation, right? With those people that happen through the environment of sports, through failure in sports. Sports creates failure. Like, that's why it's so great. Every time I shoot, it's either pass or fail. Like, how many times in life is there pass or fail in life? No, it's a whole bunch of little decisions that affect a big one down the road. Right. And those ones have major consequences. You know, someone, my chiropractor guy who did a bunch of my PT said, uh, after I was training and then the pro day stuff didn't go well, he goes, Hey, Brandon, football's easy. Life's hard. Right. And that's just the truth. And I think when we see so much of our life identified in football and, and as a football player, we forget that life's really hard, you know, making money and, and trying to pave the way and, and finding like, so for me, it's like, you know, marriage, right. And family and those types of things. What do I want my family to look like? How do I want to raise my kids based off of my experiences, right? Like, those are the things that I start looking for now, right? And, and for me, it's my job in giving back, right? How can I use my experiences so that nobody, like, has to do that? We can skip all those steps of, like, sucky decisions, right, and the consequences of those for the good, you know? So that's, that's my heart in it now. So I guess that's, that's kind of how it asks the que- answers the question. It, it, dude, it's... It's not easy, man. Um, it affects a lot of people, uh, but that's that would be what my two cents on it. That's an excellent point. The way, I mean, I don't know that I could have put it any any better. It's it's something that never really stops, though. Either you know, it's 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 finding finding the the toolkit that you were able to assemble in sports throughout life and competition, yeah. and figuring out how it'll map on to everyday life now. Right. And then and then reassessing goals and in trying to take, you know, the structured routine type lifestyle and how to map it on a life, not make it mundane, try to find an invigor- invigorating challenge in that. And uh, it, it's tough, man. I'm not going to lie. I'm 33 and I, I haven't really figured out a seamless way to do it. But you yeah. do need you do need a grounding principle. And I do think that, you know, faith is a great opportunity for people to to find that and find truth. I'm a big truth guy. I like to pursue truth uh, in what that means. And, and uh, so I think, you know, I found a lot of, uh, a lot of great wisdom and a great application through the Bible as well. It's uh, it's one of those things that I think we've all learned through the past year too, how important community is. I've really in- enjoyed just doing this podcast because, you know, Brookings and South Dakota state is very special to me for the same almost the same exact reason as you, right? Uh, yeah. New new home kind of took me in as an adopted kid. For sure, and, adopted, and, man. <laughs> right, and never left, right? It's still there. Same same people or the same staples. I mean, even dudes I played with. So that's, yeah. it's really, it's, it's that sense of familiarity, but it's that sense that of consistency, you know what you're going to get with the people of the town too. I mean, you're from Northwest Iowa, same damn thing, right? Same thing, yep. same people, same, same culture, thing. same, same ethics, same ethos, all that. Yep. And uh, yeah, man, I, I just, I'm grateful for it as I'm sure you are. Um, I've really yep. enjoyed chatting with you, dude. And uh, you know, you're part of the fam, part of the alumni, yep. anything you need, just reach out. And I know uh, all of us echo those sentiments. So on that note, the JFPA, make sure uh, if you're not familiar with that, the Jackrabbit Former Players Association, they're trying to do a lot to give back to the university. Um, I know it would be a great opportunity now that you got that you're at the arena, right? In Sioux, Sioux City. Yep. So yep. maybe you're, you're building some future Jacks. So I know who we're in, in touch. We're in touch. <laughs> there you go. Good, man. Good. I so, got some bias, but <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. Hopefully not Iowa bias, right? Well, a little bit of both, a little bit of both, a little bit of both, a little bit of both. That's good, man. Best fit, man. Best fit. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate your time, dude. And uh, where can people, when they, when they listen to this, where can they find you on social media or follow what you're doing, you know, at the arena and stuff like that? Yeah, man. Um, I'm at the arena in Sioux city, obviously for Northwest Iowa athletes. Like that's, that's where I'll be, you know, I've really committed uh, this time of my life to that. Um, so for those guys, you know, anyone in the area, like stop by, like let's get to work. Um, I'm Snides27, I think, on both uh, Twitter and Instagram, and you know we'll continue to start putting some of my performance stuff out on social media. But I mean, it's most important to grow that first and to really learn about my my job and and go to work before we start, you know, sunshine and rainbows. Man, I'm about you know just 
making an impact on people first. So, um, yeah, man, I, I appreciate you doing this. I, this has been a lot of fun for me. Uh, the Jackrabbit family means the world. It was great to, to revisit some of those things and, um, and talk about those connections and, and your story too, man. It's, it's all about learning and people. So I appreciate you doing this. Yeah, man, thank you. Anytime. Uh, and on that note, go big, go blue, go Jacks. Thank you for listening to this former player feature with Brandon Snyder and Kyle Sheehan. Remember to follow Jackrabbit Illustrated on all of our social media platforms. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. We got content coming out every week, almost every single day. Go Jacks. You know, but it, it was also one of those things, too, where I just knew, like, I was trying to get to football, and that was, again, a bad place to be in life. Like, that's not how life works. It's about how you treat people.